Good morning, Joy Church. How you guys doing? It's a good morning. Uh, watching that video, how many of you couples are like assessing what the other spouse does? I will confess my husband Riley's uh, faults. I'm not allowed to touch the thermostat. Um, he has it set on a system, and so we recently had a conversation. I'm like, could we maybe have it like a tad bit warmer, like when I'm home alone and you're not there and I'm freezing? So For the record, I did change it for him. He so. did, so he's a good husband. Well, it's great to be here this morning, and um, for those of you who maybe don't know who we are, my name is Natalie, and this is my husband, Riley, and I think this is the first time we've like fully preached together. So you guys are going to get to see our marriage in action, see if we live up to what we're preaching, because they not only said, here, preach together, but preach on mission and unity. So we'll see how united we are on display, right? Uh, no, I'm just joking. Well, if, if you uh, were not here with us last week, Pastor Steve and Pastor Kim launched a brand new series called Relationship Goals. And uh, if you are single, desire to get married, maybe you've come out of, uh, you, you were divorced and you desire to get married, you're married, wherever you fall, we all, um, I believe, have relationship goals and God has something for our relationships. And so uh, perhaps you've heard of a popular hashtag um, and it's hashtag relationship goals or goals. And typically a couple will post some picture of themselves, uh, their couple, and, um, and people will go, oh, look at them. That's hashtag goals, relationship goals. And unless you're here and you think, who really does that? Well, uh, over 11 million posts have been used with that post. So either there's a lot of people just nailing it, doing a great job on the relationship goals, or everyone is, you know, self-conceited and thinks, we have goals. Nah. I thought maybe this this morning we would we would share a bit of our story of uh, of what we thought was almost a hashtag relationship goals photo moment and it happened uh, on our honeymoon we went to Kauai and then we went to Disneyland after that but we were in Hawaii and uh, you can throw up the first picture um, uh, uh, that was, you, were supposed to, you guys weren't quick enough on the Oz. And, and every day, that's, that's not, that is Hawaiian shave ice. It's not shaved ice, it's shave ice. And that is on a snow cone. And lest you think snow cones and Hawaiian shave ice are the same, they are not. We had this every single day uh, that we were in Kauai. It was delicious. But we had this moment that I felt could have become a hashtag relationship goals moment. And they could put up the next photo. Oh, ah! it wasn't actually this one either, but uh, look at Kauai, just making you jealous. This was one of the beaches that we were at in, in Kauai. And it, this story that I'm about to tell you did not happen at this beach, but this is a really cool picture of one of the beaches we were at. <laughs> so we have this moment, we have this moment on our honeymoon, and we find this beach, it's gorgeous, and so my handsome husband starts running out to the water, some of you know this, and he just dives right in and swips, you know, he stands up in the water, and so I kind of like light jog to the water, and um, I'm not quite as swimming uh, in the ocean savvy as my husband, and so I start coming out to him in the water, and as I hit the water, a massive wave smashes me to the ground. <laughs> And this was going to be our moment, like relationship goals photo, and I am smashed to the ground, so I barely come up and get 
breath. And before I could even stand, another wave smashes me to the ground. And the next time I emerge, I'm waiting for my knight in shining armor to be rescuing me. But here's what I see as I emerge, him laughing at me. I'm like, they didn't talk about this in Call Together. What do you do when you're being smashed by the waves of life? So he's laughing and like, just come out here. I'm like, that's what I'm trying to do. So our marriage survived that moment. I went out of the water and I kind of just watched him from the shore and cheered him on. Reality is though, there's a lot of goals uh, that the world kind of says relationships and marriage should look like. And I think if we're all honest and we look, maybe even at times in our own relationships, we realize those goals, they leave us wanting. Um, there's, I think, a desire in our heart to say, God, there's, there's got to be more. We want marriages that last, marriages that are filled with your life and your love. And at, as we look at this series, we're looking at what our goals as followers of Jesus should be for our, our marriages and, and for our future relationships. And we are looking at four things, is that we want to be Christ-centered. And if you want to learn more about that, Pastor Steve and Pastor Kim did an amazing job last week talking about being Christ-centered in our marriages and our relationships. And we're looking at our goals of being mission-driven. Not only do we want to be Christ-centered, but we want to have mission-driven marriages. We want to be devil-kicking. Can I hear an amen, church? We want to be covenant-keeping. Come on, say these with me this morning. Our goals are we want to be Christ-centered, mission-driven, devil-kicking, covenant-keeping marriages. That sounds like a good goal. But I have to warn you, last week, I would encourage you to go watch the message. Pastor Steve and Kim they laid out a challenge for every, every married couple. And if you're single, this challenge for you to begin to pray individually as well. But every couple, to every day, join hands with your spouse and begin to pray. Maybe it's 30 seconds, 60 seconds, but beginning in a tangible way to invite Christ at the center of your marriage. And that was a great thing. Continue to do that. We want that to be in our marriage. But I warn you this week that as we talk about being mission-driven, it's going to take some work. Because no one else can war for your marriage. No one else can fight for the mission God's given you in your marriage. It takes us as couples joining hands and beginning to say, what is the mission God has given us as a couple? So I warn, I warn you this morning, don't say we didn't warn you. Get out the notepad, get out the pen, begin to say, God, we're going we're gonna to look at the mission you've given us as a married couple. God, we're gonna, I'm going to look at the mission if you're single, and I'm going to say, God, what's the mission and purpose you have for my life? There was a pastor, and he'd play a little game with uh, some of the, the couples that would come in for, um, for premarital counseling. And so these couples would walk in, and uh, I, Pastor uh, George and Denise, you guys should try this on the next couples that, that you'd counsel. But they would come in, and they'd sit down, you know, and the whole thing, and goo goo gaga, the way we always look at each other, and especially with two kids. <laughs> and, um, and, and, you know, they'd be like, oh. And so this pastor, a couple minutes into this counseling, he'd be like, I don't think you guys should get married. And he waited, right? Because he's like, there's always the, there's always the spokesperson in every couple. And if you wonder who it is, it's you. Because if you're wondering, I wonder who it is. It's you. Because <laughs> the, the one that always is. And then always he'd wait for the one that was going to talk. And suddenly one of them would go, I disagree with you. I think we should get married. He'd say, why? why? Why do you think you should get married? Well, because 
we love each other, and they make me happy, and we're, we're all, because we should. And he would start to probe a little bit, and he would get to this question, do you think that you can serve Jesus better together than apart? And they would say, yeah, I do think we can serve Jesus better together than apart. He'd say, I think you should get married. And this morning, um, why should you get married? If you're a single person, you are asking this question, why, why should I get married? Because the right person should be one who causes you to serve and love Jesus better together than apart. And as married couples, we should be saying, how can we love Jesus better together? How can we make sure that our marriage is Christ-centered, that the mission causes us to be those who love Jesus better together? So I want to ask you this question as we kick off. What is your marriage about? What is the mission of your marriage? That's such a good question. Uh, it's amazing just to, as we're pressing into this more, I have a question, or I just want to, um, as we jump into this, uh, something to, sorry. Uh, <laughs> You're doing good. <laughs> You're doing oh, good. Anyway, <laughs> uh, the Disney Corporation would come after me for saying this, but the foundation of a godly marriage isn't happiness. It is actually unity, right? And I'll say that again, but happiness, the foundation of a godly marriage isn't happiness. It is unity. Happiness can come, yeah. happiness can go, right? And we can think, oh, there's this picturesque, amazing marriage, the relationship goals that we were talking about. But it's actually when we're unified on mission together in our marriages when God begins to use those in a powerful way. Uh, I just want to, as we look at uh, just a kind of uh, Genesis 1, 27 and 28, you guys uh, know the story of Adam and Eve, the beginning of the world, I believe. But as we so look at this verse, I want to pull it up on the screen here, Genesis 1, 27. Uh, we see from the very beginning, God begins to speak uh, unity and mission to Adam and Eve from the very first commandment. It says, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. I love that this is the very first thing, right, that God begins to speak, uh, he creates man and woman, he brings them together, and he says, okay, now go conquer, go rule what I, what I put you in, go on mission for me, right, what, what he's done. And then we see this as the very last thing even, that Jesus speaks to his disciples uh, when he leaves. We see the very first thing and the very last thing, the Great Commission in Matthew 28, we see Jesus saying, go, therefore, make disciples, um, preaching the gospel, right? We know Matthew 28. Uh, so from the very beginning to the very end of what God's speaking to people, when, you know, when there is, is this mission, this direction, this unity. So why should we get married again? It's because we want to serve God better together, and we can do that better together than we can apart, right? Genesis 2.24 says, This explains why a man leaves his father and his mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. What God seeks to unite the devil seeks to divide. It's so, uh, we, so easy to get uh, trying to run the same direction, but, the, but get so pulled apart. I know for us personally, it's, it's been easy just to live life to, together, right? To be doing the same things, to be in the same house, to be living the same life in general, but to, to actually begin to kind of do different things and to, the enemy wants to come in and, and bring division. Yeah. We see that again in the story of Adam and Eve. 
um, as they were, you know, when they started out, they were happy, they were fulfilled, they had, they were on mission together. They were naked in paradise, come on, who, that's a good thing in marriage, right? Uh, <laughs> but we actually began to see then right in that, that place of unity. You just lost, like, every, everyone's stuck on I that know, moment right there. Yeah. All, all focus is gone, no. <laughs> <laughs> Singles that will come in the right time. Uh, <laughs> But we see them on mission, right? And then all of a sudden, the enemy comes in. The serpent comes, begins to bring division. We, uh, and uh, he actually begins to physically separate. So uh, he gets Eve away from Adam gets, and then and begins to speak lies and deceit, say, hey, come here, come here. There's this fruit that's way better over here than, than what God's told you not to do, right? That eating this fruit, that's the right thing. That's going to be good. That's going to bring life and wisdom, all these different things. And then she brings the fruit to Adam. And Adam eats the fruit, and they, they sin, right? There's, there's disunity from God. There's sin enters the world. There's this separation. And then we see blame. We see guilt. Adam begins to, to blame God and Eve. Bad idea on both sides. Uh, <laughs> and you see this disunity come, right? Where God started with unity. God started with mission, direction. All of a sudden, there's this disunity because of the enemy bringing that into that that perfect unity from the beginning. So suddenly what God had united, the enemy divided. So when we're talking about division. What, what does division look like, right? What, what does it actually mean? Um, sometimes it can just mean going two different directions. Amos 3.3 says, can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? It's a pretty uh, straightforward question. You're looking at it like, oh, okay. But we like to walk around our neighborhood and just kind of get out and get outside. But if I told Natalie, hey, we need to get to this point in the neighborhood, but I'm going to go this way, and you go that way, we're not going to ever get to the same point, right? It just physically cannot work. I'm an engineer. I can vouch for that. Uh, <laughs> you don't have to be an engineer to understand that, no. Uh, would we, but physically, you're walking different directions, right? But I find it so easy um, just to, to begin to even live differently, right? To, to walk different directions in life. Maybe not, they're not even bad. Maybe it's not even sin. But maybe it's saying, okay, I'm going to go do my thing. You're going to go do your thing. Uh, but we want to be unified in mission. So if, if someone asks you, what is your marriage about? Would you say, uh, I don't know. <laughs> or uh, would we begin to, to know what that mission is, what that we're supposed to be unified around? So one of the greatest tragedies in marriage, as we're talking about, is when two people are united, or sorry, together, but not united. So two people are together, but not united. Let's fight for that unity um, and begin to, to find those right directions together. So good. I think what a, what a powerful thought and reminder that what God seeks to unite, the devil schemes and plans to divide. Um, I, I, how many of you, I mean, you don't have to raise your hand, you can, but have felt that at times where you just feel the, the drift where the enemy comes and just begins to cause your marriage to just drift. And you find yourself, you wake up and you're like, we're just, we're not united. We've lost focus, right? And I think recognizing when you know there's an enemy, you know how to, to war. You know how to be aware and to put guards in your marriage. Can I hear an amen? amen. Um, you know, there's a really cool couple in the Bible. And uh, they're kind of a couple that, honestly, you could kind of skip past. Uh, but this couple, every time we encounter them in Scripture... You encounter them both together. You encounter um, their names together. You never hear of just one, but it's always the two of them. And the couple's name is Priscilla and Aquila, who wants 
uh, the name Aquila. We got an Aquila in the house. Uh, I really wish, like, one of the services, they're like, yeah, I'm Aquila, my son's Aquila, and their son's Aquila. We're like, we got some Aquilas. And, um, but Priscilla and Aquila, they're mentioned six times in Scripture, but every time we meet them in Scripture, we find them together. You heard of either, both of them together. And I think when you hear about a couple and you see that they're all hitting the mark and they're united and they're being used powerfully for God, we should ask this question, what makes them strong? I think that's a good question. You know, we're younger in our marriage. We've been married about five and a half years. And we would be fooling ourselves to think that we have the experience of a couple that's been married 15 years, 20 years, 40 years, 60 years. I think when you see strong marriages, find them and buy them dinner. Honor the marriages and say, what is the strength of your marriage? And when we look at Priscilla and Aquila, we see there were two things that made them strong. Is they were Christ-centered And they were mission-driven. Paul writes about them, um, and we hear about them in Romans 16, verse 3. And it says this. He says, give my greetings to Priscilla and Aquila, Aquila, my co-workers in the ministry of Christ Jesus. In fact, they once risked their lives for me. I am thankful to them, and so are all the Gentile churches. And then he goes on to say, also, by the way, give my greetings to the Connect Group, the church that meets in their home. Greet my dear friends. And he goes on to write. You know, it's amazing. We see something about them. They were together. They were on mission together. We see that that they were teaching. They were helping. And Paul writes, he says, hey, these are my coworkers. This couple together is making an impact in the ministry I'm doing. This couple, they were on mission and they were risking their lives for the sake of helping further the kingdom of God. They were allowing their home to be open for the, for the spread of God's love. Listen, they were united in mission. I think that is a goal for all of us as couples and individuals to have. So maybe you're here and you say, I'm not married, I'm single. Can we get to a series called Finding My Spouse, you know, or something like that? Like, that's, we're trying to help you here, right? Um, the reality is, is that if you want a God-honoring, mission-driven marriage in the future, You've got to begin living with Christ at the center and on mission now. Listen, single person, wherever you find yourself, maybe you've never been married or you're you're looking to be remarried, um, you've gone through a hard situation, this is the time to start serving like crazy. This is the time to start living generously. This is the time to grow your relationship with the Lord. You are not waiting for your life to begin. You know, I was a little bit older in getting married, and I can tell you what, my life did not begin the minute I encountered Riley. We were both two people on mission, and we really saw we could serve Jesus better together. And you're really cute. Like, you know, it's both. But, but... We were on mission. We were not waiting. Your life does not begin when your spouse comes. I think we have so many problems in our marriages because we find people thinking marriage gives you, is going to define your mission, but God wants you as individuals to be mission-oriented and then come together in mission. Are you guys with me? Pastor Andy Stanley says it so well. He says, become the person that you're looking for is looking for. Become the type of person that you'll want to marry one day is looking for. 
Think about the kind of relationship you want to have, the kind of spouse you want to have, and you become that person today. You don't wait, and then you already prepare your heart to become who God's made you to be. We said this last week, Pastor Steve and Kim, but we'll say it again. You don't build a life of righteousness in the future on a foundation of sin today. So this is the season in singleness to deal with those areas of sin and compromise. This is the season to begin to set your life and say, how am I going to manage my finances? How am I going to discipline my life? How am I going to build? You know, I can tell you that when Riley and I met, we were, um, we weren't perfect. We still aren't, but we were both definitely on mission to the point we had to kind of be like, we got to kind of like let these missions collide. You know, we were both, he was living in Corvallis, leading a house of 50 guys, college students, and I was serving here and leading here. And we were running after the mission and purpose of God and saying, okay, Lord, we see you colliding our missions together. We, and, and, and what we learned as singles have only, has only aided us in our marriage, right? So here's, here's the tip. Hebrews 12 tells us to keep our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. So a single person, keep your eyes on Jesus. And as you're running on mission and you're not getting distracted by the whistles and you're not getting distracted by the culture. And you, but all of a sudden, as you keep your eyes on Jesus, just every once in a while, just do a quick swipe. like. And when you see somebody not looking, you know, but looking at Jesus and they're running hard and you're like, they love Jesus too. They're running really fast too. And they're kind of cute too. Then you go and you find out. <laughs> and you go find out from them. Do you, hey, hey, you think we could serve Jesus better together? I do. Me too. <laughs> and that's what we're going to do is just be running. It's what are you doing? I'm just running. Me too. All right, right? So here's... I'm being serious. Like you, what? See, I had to keep all the single people awake. They're like, thank you, Lord. They're just going to all start. Do you love Jesus? I do too. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Question, what is your mission? What is your mission? You know, we, we coined a phrase, I think maybe before we got married, but we, we say we're team Amen. And I remember when we were in a call together, and we, I kind of talked about this a few weeks ago, but we had, to, we had to write a joint mission statement. And in our joint mission statement, um, we, wrote, we were writing all these things. You know, we, want, we wanted God to be first and honor the Lord and do whatever he asked. But then Riley said, you know, I want our kids, when it came to talking about our kids, I want our kids to, to have a strong work ethic. And I want them to work hard. And, um, and it kind of seemed like, Okay, let's throw it on there. Throw it on the mission statement. And I remember this summer, uh, our son Wesley, he was two at the time, and we were at my parents' house, and they'd brought back all these groceries from Costco, and it was like the call, like, everyone come help get the Costco stuff, you know? And I watched my two-year-old son. He starts running full force, and he would grab something about half his body weight or size, and he would shuffle over, and he would pass it off, and he'd start running to the car. And I mean, he did this time and time again, and I, I, it hit me as I watched him. I thought, Riley said he wanted our kids to have a strong work ethic, and I saw all of a sudden mission happening in my two-year-old son in a very tangible, practical way. And I think even in mission, sometimes it's not just the big, you know, spiritual things. Sometimes it's saying, what's, who are we? What is the, what, what is the atmosphere of our home going to look like? What are we all about? You know, I remember 
this summer, um, we, we had the opportunity to build a house and a realtor told us, they said, he said, hey, if you guys want to go uh, to your house and you want to write on the walls anything, like you can come now and uh, before insulation and sheetrock go up. And so we were like, that's cool. And so we took the kids and we go into the house and it's just studs on the wall. And we thought we'd write like a couple prayers and a couple, you know, verses or something. But what struck us, and they can put up some pictures, um, there's Wes with his pen in the house and, and uh, you can't really see, but if you look up there, you'll see some verses. But here's what was interesting about this moment we came into our house, is we actually started asking ourselves when we were going to write scriptures, that's in the kids' room, a prayer on their wall. We started to ask, what do we want, like, the mission of our house to be? And instead of just writing random verses, we started to say, Lord, what do we want? And to one another, what do we want to happen? And so we walked into our future living room and where the fireplace was going to be. And, and we thought, we want people to be discipled as followers of Jesus in our living room. And we started to write inside before the insert went in of the fireplace. We wrote in their scripture, 2 Timothy 2.2. And we started to think about the mission of our home. And we thought, what do we want in our kitchen? We want hospitality. And we thought, we want our neighbors to come to know Jesus. We want people to come in and, and hear the gospel. And we wrote scriptures. And it changed. And we thought, what is the mission of our home? It wasn't just this little exercise of writing scripture. But it made us think about, God, what is our mission? And I wonder this morning if we could look at the walls of your relationship, the walls of your marriage, what mission would be written on the walls? What are you writing and saying, this is the atmosphere and who we want to be? Amazing questions. Well, seriously, what is your mission as a couple, right, as you build for that in the future? Where do you serve? Where, what do you stand for? What are the things that you just burn for? Uh, I think two thoughts with that. One, uh, this will look different for each couple and each person, right? Where we're, God's put each of you, each couple specifically in a spe specific place with a specific purpose. So that might be your job. That might be your neighborhood. That might be the friend group you have. That might be the church you're in, right? Um, wherever that is, God's put each of us in a specific place with a specific call that may not look like anyone else's. And, it, and, it, and it's a unique for a reason. So begin to even look around Look around you. What's around you? Who's look at your neighbors? Look at your coworkers. Look at where God's put you specifically. Um, and in that, there are two things that unite us. There's first, there's common mission. So we've been talking about this unity, talking about God's put us on on mission for a purpose. There's also can be a common enemy, which hopefully is, is the devil, right? The enemy is not your spouse. The enemy is not your friends and making you mad, whatever it might be. But the common enemy, hopefully, is, are things that we see in the world that we hate. Um, Things, uh, righteous anger or righteous hatred, right, of, of things that are broken, things that need to be healed and restored by the power of God. So that's, let's look at these very few, few things, a few examples. Maybe, maybe you love hospitality and you hate seeing people being alone by themselves. So maybe you begin to open up your home and host a connect group, right? Maybe, maybe you bake uh, dinners for, uh, you know, new parents or maybe you are um, just being hospitable in your neighborhood. Who knows what that might be? Maybe you hate bondage that, uh, that, you know, from debt and from financial bondage that people have. So maybe you begin to, to help people, walk people through budgeting. Maybe you begin to, to lead a financial peace university group. Maybe who, there's different ways that, that we, can, we can address that. Maybe you love raising godly children, and you, but you hate seeing people, seeing kids alone by themselves, right? So maybe, maybe you foster a child, and that's a big step. Maybe it's coming to CYM on a Wednesday night and helping serve. We need help. We need adults serving pizza and helping jump in with the kids and, and being uh, help there. 
Uh, so maybe you love, maybe maybe you have a love for business and you hate um, seeing people, um, hate seeing a vision that isn't funded. So maybe maybe you and your spouse say, hey, I want to build this business so we can funnel money into the kingdom of God. Yeah. That's awesome, right? Like the church needs money to, to do what we do. Uh, and finally, maybe your your love for Christ. Uh, you you want to see marriages restored. You want to see. You hate seeing divorce. You hate seeing broken relationships. So maybe you begin to come alongside couples that need uh, some help, or, or maybe again help with a group that's dealing with that, whatever it might be. Good. So what is your mission? Begin to go after it wholeheartedly, and and just not not alone, but unified in mission together to really see those things that we, you love and you hate together to to come into a, a common mission that changes lives and you that's where you find that fulfillment that's where you find that joy we're talking about happiness and joy come as you're pressing forward and mission together so just be looking for those things so good as the worship team comes you know this is a reality is that unity doesn't mean you're the same unity means you're together and i think that you know in our our marriage um if you know riley and i like we are very different people um <laughs> very different and he's he's so kind and gracious and the Lord's helping me in that <laughs> and um, and the reality is like you know our, our careers look very different uh, he works full-time and carries a big load in, in the area of engineering and and I, I work full-time in ministry and yet here's the thing is that our nine-to-five job looks very different but we are very much together we're very much in unity, very much a part that what he does matters to me. And I would encourage you to understand that God has, I, I just feel even as we are praying for today and praying for couples, I believe that God, he, he wants to just bring that togetherness, that unity, that the enemy has come and whispered division and has come and, 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 and broken maybe trust and, and, and friendship. And, you know, God wants you to be your spouse's biggest cheerleader. I want the loud, besides the voice of God, I want the loudest voice in Riley's ear that he hears cheering him on is to be me. Is it you may be different, but we're in unity and together to say, I believe in the grace on your life. I believe in the call of God on your life. I believe in your gifting. You've got this. You can do this. I remember when he was first stepping into his career, almost every day we would pray. He'd be like, Lord, give him the wisdom of Daniel. And we'd pray that in our, in our, in our kitchen. And, and I want to be the loudest voice cheering him on. And I would just pray that each one of us in our marriages, that you would look each other in the eye again. You'd grab hands and say, man, we will not let the whisper of the enemy divide any longer. We will not live in the same house, share the same bed, have the same cereal, but not be doing life together. We are team fill in the blank. We are on mission. We are Christ-centered, mission-driven, devil-kicking, covenant-keeping people. We're in this together. Listen, God is going to awaken dreams in your spouse, and your job is not to squelch them. There's enough critics in the world. There's plenty of wind of the enemy to blow in their life, but we are to come and begin to breathe life onto God dreams, to come in and begin to breathe life and say, what has God asked us to do? Oftentimes, there will begin to be a ministry burden that one spouse feels and the other might not feel it yet. And you don't go, well, I don't feel it, so it must be the devil. <laughs> But you begin to say, your burden is, my, is not a burden to me. It's, it's my delight to breathe life, to walk in unity, to speak hope into what you're doing. Listen, we as couples, 
We have to remind each other of the promises of God. Dust off the prophetic words. Flip open the word of God and say, what is the book? What does the Bible tell us that our marriage needs to look like? Our family needs to look like? Singles, begin to remind yourself of the promises of God. We need to look at jobs and, and, and moves and finances and life decisions, not at what's convenient, but what lines up with the mission of God for our marriage. There's no paycheck you can give us to keep us where we would sacrifice the mission God has for our marriage. Come on, it, everything matters to God. And we're in this together. Are you guys with me? So this morning, we want to do something. I know that in this room, we know as we pray, we know that there are marriages in every facet of the journey. Some of you may say, we have never used the word mission in our home once. That's okay. You might be here and say, we've lived on mission perfectly. Come talk to us. <laughs> Help us. <laughs> you might say, you know, we have gotten so far. I, don't, I, I call out their name and I don't even know where they are. We've drifted. But wherever you are, God wants to bring you back to a place where you join hands again and say, what is our mission? And may we love Jesus better together than apart. And so right now, I would ask if you're sitting by your spouse, that you'd grab their hand real quick. Singles, you better watch out right now, you know, be like, that's real creepy if you're like, <laughs> they're like, I've been waiting for this moment. <laughs> now you tell me, you know. Y'all gonna be coming back to second service because you know the ending, so you're like, mm. Lord bless you, Lord keep you, may his face shine upon us. Just kidding. <laughs> I don't know why I let go of your hand. <laughs> we want to pray for your marriage, but you guys got me distracted. Wherever you are, today is the day to start the, the, the conversation. Today is the day to begin to get the the whiteboard out again and begin to say, let's dream. What is God calling us to be about? It might be starting that group, whatever it is, but we are on mission. So we want to pray for you that God would unite afresh. And singles, you can put your hand on your heart and just begin to pray for God to join you with that person. Amen. Yes, Lord. God, we thank you so much for every person here. God, we thank you for every marriage and every future marriage, Lord, that's in this in the room. God, we ask that you would come and just breathe your life onto to each couple, each marriage, Lord, uh, that, that you would do a mighty work in, in, our, in our lives, in our hearts, in our marriages. God, we need you first and foremost. God, we need your presence. We need your direction. We need your wisdom, your life. So I pray that you would meet us afresh. And I pray that this morning, God, you would begin to heal and restore any broken places, God, any, any wandering, any lack of vision, um, any, any places, God, that, that we've maybe drifted from each other. Maybe we have uh, just begun to pursue wrong things or even, even things that aren't sin, but just is the wrong direction, God. We pray for fresh mission and fresh unity in that mission, God, that we wouldn't have different missions that take us away from each other, but instead, God, that we would be a people on mission uh, in, in our marriages together, unified, God, whatever that looks like. If it's uh, if it's things that, that just seem even simple to us, God, they're, they're huge in your kingdom if they're changing lives and, and bringing your, your life into the places, God. Whatever it is you're asking us to do, I pray that you'd help us to be obedient. And God, that you'd unify our marriages. God, that we'd be people standing together, um, just seeking your ways, your direction, 
in unity on mission, God. So we pray that, that Joy Medford would be a place where uh, marriages and, and couples are, are on mission, changing the world, changing places outside the church as well as inside the church, bringing people into your life, into uh, what you want to do here in our city, God. So we pray for your fresh life poured out. We pray for fresh direction. Pray that you begin to even speak uh, clearly to, to each one of us, God, where you're directing us, what you're doing uh, in our our lives personally, but but also in our marriages and our in our future marriages. God, pray for the singles, Lord, that you would help them to stay on mission. You'd help them to stay running hard after you, and God, that you would do a mighty work in and through us, Lord. In Jesus' name, Amen. 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 You know, this morning as we get ready to close, we know that every week people come to this place looking for life, looking for hope, and the reality is is that the enemy doesn't just desire to divide marriages and divide relationships, but the enemy and sin divided our relationship with God. They separated us from him. And yet we serve a God who loved us so much that he made a way, he sent his son to, to make a way so we could have relationship restored, that, that God sent his son, Jesus Christ, the savior of the world, the king of kings and Lord of lords to come and to give us life and hope. And so if you would just bow your head and close your eyes, maybe you're here and you say, man, I need Jesus to save me. I don't want to live separated from God anymore. I, don't, I can't live this life in my own strength, but I know that only Jesus can save me. The Bible says that if you will confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. And so this morning, if you would just raise your hand, if you're here looking for Jesus, looking for life, and you want to put your faith in him, would you just raise your hand wherever you are, from the back to the front? You say today, Jesus, I need you to save me. Just lift your hand wherever you are. We want to pray with you. I see that hand. Anyone else, you're here this morning, you say, Jesus, I need you to save me. Jesus, I, I don't want to live this life in my own strength anymore. Just lift your hand wherever you are, and we want to pray with you. Awesome, I see that hand. Anyone else in this place? On the live stream, if you're saying, man, I need Jesus to save me, we want you to just join with us in putting your faith in Jesus. So for all of us in this room and on the live stream, would you just repeat this prayer? You're just externally speaking what God is doing internally in your heart. Let's pray this prayer together, church. Dear Jesus, I put my faith in you. I believe, Jesus, that you are God and that only you can save me. I receive your life. I receive your freedom. I believe that you died on the cross and that you rose again from the dead. If you will be my God, I will be your child. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Church, can we